Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Whoo! Church, we alive today? Come on, somebody. One more time. Are you alive today? Come on. It's, it's 32 degrees outside and it only feels like 27, but we're getting closer, you guys. This is, this is a good season, a good place to be. Well, hey, for those who don't know who I am, my name is Josh Olson. Thank you guys so much for hanging out, whether you're here in person or online. Man, the gift of technology is cool. It's fun to be able to hang out with you guys. And uh, we are going to have some fun today. Is everyone excited to be here? Is it okay if we just have some fun? I, uh, I was thinking even as we went throwbacks today, I was like, man, it kind of brings me back to my church experience. And even though I love the worship, like growing up, church was kind of a little awkward for me. Like I didn't really enjoy it. The kids were like, we still don't. But I'm trying to tell you, we're a different church here at Mosaic. Just as Ryan said, like we're an intimate church. As you might have already can tell, we're different. If you look around, we're all different and that's okay. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So if you thought this church is like every other church, you're wrong and you're in a great place today. So we're gonna have some fun. Um, real quick before I kick off, uh, I do want to say thank you uh, to Pastor Eric and the Ladine family for for this opportunity. Um, not only is it fun to have moments to come and speak and hang out with you guys, but um, I think it, we go and take this for granted a lot of times that the work and, and the obedience that you guys as a family have decided to step into um, gets not always recognized. And so we want to say thank you uh, to the Lindine family. Without your amazing, oh, come on. We're going to say thank you to the Lindine family. Following that obedience without your relationship with us, even without your family, we wouldn't have this family. And I, I truly believe that you guys are an amazing couple. With that said, um, there are some new things that are happening here at our church. Our church is kind of shifting in directions. This is actually new to Eric as well. Um, in recent news, uh, the Denver Broncos have received a new quarterback um, by the name of Russell Wilson. And so with that said, um, our church is kind of changing directions as far as what team we're cheering for. And um, now our, our pastor is now officially a Broncos fan. And so uh, if, if that's like hard for you and you don't think you can stay here at Mosaic, we understand. Um, God's, God's, God's good. Um, but no, it's, it's fun. We, we, have, we have a good time here at Mosaic. We are launching a brand new series. Um, and like I said, I'm honored to be the guy to kick this off. And we're diving into James. Someone say James. There we go. We're going to have a good time, uh, man. And it's titled James of Faith That works. It's a little play on words. Uh, not only we're talking about a faith that actually works as people try to put their faith in so many different things. If the last two years here in America I haven't showed or even across the world I haven't shown you that, this is the truth that faith that actually works. But there's more. It's not just faith. We got to do some work. Someone say work. work. There we go. It's going to be fun. So at this time, take a deep breath, sit back, Grab your kids, your coffee, whatever you need to do. We're going to have some fun, all right? But it's about to go down, so prepare yourselves. Buckle in. I got six verses, just six, to go through today, and we're going to pack them and have a good time. So we're going to read James 1, kicking this off right from the beginning. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking in 
nothing or lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Okay, James, I see you. I see you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for a new day. Thank you for daylight savings that proves that spring is slowly but surely coming in the land of Minnesota. It's hard to believe sometimes, uh, but it's proof that there is a God, uh, that we can slowly get the warmth back, Jesus, and the snow slowly going away. God, we're thankful that we get to have time just to hang out no matter where any of us are, including myself and our walks and our journeys through life. God, we know that you have something for us today, and so we say, have your way today. Speak through us. None of us are at a place in our lives where we have it all figured out or that we don't need any more Jesus. And so right now, God, we give you this time. Speak to all of us. We love you. And God, help Russell do well on the Broncos because if he doesn't, it's going to be really awkward. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You guys think I'm joking. For those who are new, Eric is legit, like probably the biggest. You take me and Steph Curry, and then you implement, like you put Eric and Russell Westbrook. It's like a real thing. Um, which is, well, Wilson, yeah, Westbrook. Who's, we're not talking about him today. He's a basketball player. That's not what we're doing. Church, today I want to talk about relationships. It's not a relationship series, but I'm going to talk about this for a little bit. Relationships. These things can be the most amazing things in your life, while at the same time, one of the hardest and most complicated things ever. Amen? Relationships are tough. Have you ever had a relationship that was just lacking in a certain area, and it was just hard to love or get to know that person better? And I'm not, I'm not talking about bad relationships. We, that's a different topic. I'm talking about the good relationships, the ones that we're actually supposed to have are not always easy. Maybe it's your spouse, your significant other, your best friend, your kids, whatever it is. Has anybody had a relationship where that person just pushes their buttons? Come on, somebody be honest. If your friendships aren't pushing each other's buttons, I don't know if they're real, okay? So it's not always easy. And what makes it worse, church, is you can't just be like, all right, deuces, see you later, because you actually care about that person and you actually want to have a relationship that works with that person. But good Real, genuine relationships are so gosh darn hard sometimes, amen? Let's just be honest. Relationships can be really hard because those relationships take real work. Those real, genuine relationships actually take real work, effort, and emotion. And if you really care about that person or someone or something, you will work hard or as hard as you can to make it be the best that it can be, right? We're on the same page here, okay? So it's actually effort and work that needs to go into it. And that's why I believe relationships can be real hard and take hard work. Someone say hard work. Hard work. Okay, we're going to talk about it today. In the year of our Lord, 2012, in a uh, September brisk college morning day, I encountered, unbeknownst to me, one of the most difficult and amazing relationships of my entire life. There was this woman from Northwestern who will go nameless for today. Um, and I got to know her because she was my best friend's girlfriend at the time. Spoiler alert, that did not last long. Um, and, you know, we would always hang out because that's what you do, right? Like, I was the best third wheel in the whole world, okay? Like, I was just always there. It made sense to hang out with your best friend and his girlfriend. You were just always there. But church, I'm going to be honest, that woman and I did not get along at 
all. I'm telling you, we, this is the truth. We're being honest here today, church. We just knew how to push each other's buttons to the next level. It was just, whether it was bickering, arguing, making fun of each other, whatever it was, we did not get along. She was so annoying. And by that, I mean, I was so annoying. I'm just being honest, church. I really was. And uh, you can actually ask my wife later because it's true because it's her. But uh, fast forward. A few uh, a year or so, we actually, uh, some things happened and changed in, in those relationships and whatnot. And so we started becoming more friendly and started getting to know each other. And uh, we're like, oh, wait, maybe I actually don't really dislike this person. We actually started putting work and effort into that relationship. And fast forward again, next thing you know, we're picking out our wedding cake flavor, you know. And we're, uh, we're, we're like, okay, this is the real deal. And we fell in love because we put in that work. And so... We get married, and uh, I'll be honest, man, if you would have asked us back then, how's marriage, you know, first couple, like, first couple months, how's marriage, how's your relationship, we'd be like, it's perfect, it's amazing, oh, cute, and little Anna and Josh, it's so great, but we were like, this is wonderful, there's no problems, there's no issues, until there were problems and issues and situations that came up that we had to deal with. And church, if I'm being honest, we came to a place in our relationship even after a year or so of being married where we had to be like, okay, what are we doing here? Are we going to put in the work or are we calling it quits? What, what are we actually doing? We had to have a serious conversation. And praise God, two kids and eight years later, somebody, we put in the work and things are going well. But the work doesn't stop there. We continue to have to put in the work, even though life is amazing. Someone say, put in the work. I'm telling you, folks, it's a real thing because real relationships are galled on hard sometimes, okay? Gall darn it. They are tough. It's not easy. And there came a point where we had to decide, hey, are we just going to chill or are we going to get off our butts and do something about it? And we did, and things are good, and we're still going. Now, for you in your life, that relationship or that situation might look different, and I totally understand your circumstance could look totally different. But my point, church, is just having faith in our marriage wouldn't have just been enough. Just having faith that our marriage would have made it or the fact of marriage will be good and we'll figure it. No, we had to put in the work. We actually had to do something. Church, we need to put in the work, whether it's that type of relationship or maybe even it's your friendships. You can't just have faith that your friends won't do you dirty. That's not, a, that's not a thing because they will. So are you gonna put in that work to build that relationship, to have those hard conversations, say, hey, you matter so much to me that we're gonna put in the work to make this work. Again, I'm not talking about the bad relationships. I'm talking about the ones we're supposed to have, church. Even the ones with your kids. We can't just sit here and be like, oh yeah, I have faith that my kids are just gonna always love me and come to me with all their problems and everything's gonna be great. No, Parents, we need to put in the work to show our kids that we love them and that they can come to us because it takes work. Church, this last one might get you the wrong way, but I don't care because I'm speaking today. So just having faith in Jesus is not the only thing that makes a relationship with Jesus legit. I'm just being, I'm speaking to me too. I say this all the time. But just having faith in Jesus is not the only thing that makes your relationship with Jesus legit. We have to put in the work, church. Matthew 7, 21 even says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's in the Bible. So we're gonna talk about lock in, lock in, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna I'm not even preaching yet. I'm just starting. James 1, on the, t- on the screen in the text, a faith that works. Let's do this. James 1, James, a servant of God, 
and of the Lord Jesus Christ to 12 disciples in dispersion. Greetings. A little background on James. This is new to me. I learned this. So hopefully you guys are on the same page. Maybe you already knew this. But uh, James and, and Jesus were brothers, okay? Now, James was, was, uh, was a half younger brother of Jesus, or Jesus, yeah, was Jesus' younger brother, okay? So they were family. And I, I want you just to like think about that for a second. Imagine being Jesus' sibling, all right? And just the dynamic there, how like there actually was a perfect child because it's biblical, and like the conversations that went down. I, I, I had some fun in writing. I was like, okay, can you just imagine what that would be like? And honestly, James, um, Jesus' younger brother, he, he had his doubts in, in Jesus. His own brother actually did not really believe in Jesus until later on. I'll get to that in a second. But even James doubted Jesus. Let that sink in for a second. Even James doubted Jesus. And that's actually my first point that I want you to write down, whether you're taking notes on the back of that handout or you're just taking your own notes, whatever. Take notes today. This is good stuff. Not just because I'm saying it, but it is. I'm trying to tell you. James doubted Jesus. And, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But can you just imagine for a second what like Sunday brunch looked like in the Mary and Joseph household? We're going to have some fun with this, okay? So they get back from church, synagogue, whatever, doing their thing. Mary's like to Joseph, like, man, that was such a good word today. And Joseph's like, yeah, that was amazing. Jesus comes up, he's like, that was okay. He took some things out of context, really. But like, he, was, he, he brought the word, it was fine. And then James pipes up, he's like, Jesus, why you gotta do that all the time? You acting like you know everything. And Jesus is like, um, I do. This is, what, this is what I'm about. James gets all upset. He's like, seriously, you always act like, okay, yeah, I'm the son of God. Like, Joseph isn't really my dad. He's like, because uh, he's not. Like, it's a real thing. And they start bickering back and forth. And then all of a sudden, James is like, mom, stop it. Tell Jesus to stop it. This is so annoying, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Mary's like, hey, kids, knock it off. This is family brunch. Calm down. Um, Joseph, can I get some more wine, please? Joseph says, hey, we just ran out. Jesus is like, I got you, okay? I got you. I'm telling you, this was a real thing. So I want you to imagine this real situation between James and Jesus. Even James doubted his brother. It wasn't actually until Jesus came back after dying on the cross and raising from the dead that James was like, oh, wait, you were for real. (laughs) And after that encounter, James ends up starting a church and writing books and changing lives because he realized who Jesus really was. And my point here, church, is even James doubted, even Jesus' half-brother doubted Jesus, but Jesus was not mad. He still loved and he was still able to save James. And if you think that you can't be saved because of that doubt, look at this. If Jesus is going to save his brother after all that, all those years of the bickering and the battling. And he's like, nah, I still love you. I get it. The same goes for you and me. James's life has changed because of this. And so I, I want you to understand it matters that if you have doubts, Jesus is not mad at you. <laughs> I have doubts all the time. And Jesus is not mad at us. He understands. A lot of terrible things have happened under the church title or Christianity or religion. If you read a history book, you'll see it. So Jesus gets it. He understands where you're coming from, and it's okay. But here's the thing. Jesus loves you. He has grace for that. You are human. You're his humanity. You're his creation. He's okay with the doubts, but the B-U-T, not the other one. We can't stay there. Because I'll tell you what, when you have those doubts, be ready to see Jesus show up. Just be ready because he will. He's excited to build that relationship. That's really all he wants. He does not, he's not mad at you. He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to have your heart. So that first is James, or even James doubted. So we're going back to the text, verse two. Count it all joy. Someone say joy. joy. 
Whew, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds, for you know <laughs> that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I love how James opens up the book, the one who doubted Jesus his whole life. He's like, hey, just so everyone's aware, be happy when you face trials. This is great. Thanks, James. You jerk. Love it, right? Like, like he's like, yeah, it'll be great. Just consider it pure joy. I'm like, okay, James, you, you must not know. But church, it's a mindset. It's a mind shift, if you will. Do you know how much work it actually takes to face your trials and your issues with joy? I mean, unless you really have it down 100%, I'm not someone that's like, oh, hey, yeah, trouble's great. <laughs> this is gonna be easy, you know, ever, ever. But trials are going to happen. Life is full of great things. But even in the word, it says, count it all joy when, not if, you face trials of many kinds. It made me think, I wonder what we would look like if every time we faced an angry situation, a confused or worried or fearful situation, if we're like, okay, I've been here before. Hey, God, let me count it pure joy. Let me, let me actually have pure joy because I know you're about to show up. Or, hey, God, I know my faith isn't strong right now. I'm in a dark place. I'm struggling, but I know it's going to be even stronger after you pull me through. Or maybe it's, yeah, okay, this season of my life is absolutely awful. Maybe that's you today, and I just, I, I'm so happy that you're even tuning in or here. Maybe, you know, life is just really bad right now, but you're like, all right, but God, I know you have my back, and I know that you're going to show me that you, that you love me because you do love me. And oh, I just, I wonder, what if we had that mentality what if we had that mindset from the beginning not like after the trial where we saw God come through but like from the front end where we're like hey God I trust you hey God I have faith in you I will tell you what in our world right now if we had that type of mentality and mindset our lives our relationships our church our country our nation the world would look completely different if we could just stop for a second be like all right even though it's hard I'm gonna consider this joy and maybe that's for us today, man. Maybe you just got to be like, okay, I need to consider this joy. Everything would look so much different. But Josh, why, why find joy when we find trials? It's actually way more comfortable and easy to sulk and be more scared and stay in this bubble. And, well, why? What's the point? Why should we even do this, though? Well, the Bible tells us. It says, for you know the testing, that that testing of your faith produces perseverance, Church, my next point is this. Faith is tested through trials, not produced by trials. I'm going to say it again because it's a little, this is a little. Faith is tested through trials, not produced through trials. And the reason why I want to say this, church, is because I think a lot of times we're like, okay, I've been through so many things, and because of those things, now I have faith. Like, no, no. Faith is tested. The, the faith is actually a gift from God. It's, it's a gift that we receive so that we can have faith in him. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves, but it's a gift from God. The reason why this is so important is as we dive into the book of James, if you've kind of read this story or read this book, this difference between what Paul says and James says, and I know we'll talk about it more throughout this series, but it's this whole debate, like, is it, is it works? Is, is, it, is it faith? What are we talking about here? You know, even in the Bible, in James 2, it says, what good is faith if there's no, or faith if there's no work? Paul says in Romans, but, but it is by grace, faith that's no longer based off of works. So what is it, church? What, we're talking about it every time, what's going on? It's both. <laughs> 
It's both. I believe that James and Paul weren't contradicting, contradicting each other, contradicting, there we go, each other, but they were complementing each other. They were saying it's not just if you have faith that things are going to work out like we just said. It's that you actually have to put in the work, but we put in the work because we have faith. It's a mutual agreement, you guys. So here's another way of thinking about it. Here's another way of thinking about it. Faith is receiving, right? It's a gift from God to have faith in God. Work is giving. Faith is receiving. It's not us. It's a gift from God. Work is giving. We do work. We do things because we have faith. That's the reason why you see a brother or sister hurting in the church or in your life. There's something that comes over you where you say, man, I want to help that person. I believe that God has a bigger and better plan for that person. And so you step into doing something for that brother or sister in Christ. Or even in your own life, it's okay. God, I'm struggling right now. Even though I have faith in you, I know about you. Or maybe I don't even know anything about you. Maybe this is my first time in the church or even even hearing this passage, but God, I want to do work. I want you to do work in my life. It's a two-way road. It's both. Both are necessary. That's why even on Sunday, church, we can sit here and praise Jesus and do throwbacks all day, but if we go to work or to school on Monday and we forget all about it, it's pointless. Absolutely pointless. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it is. We need to celebrate worship on Sunday and continue it through the week as we continue to walk through our lives. I'm sorry. I'm going too crazy. Verse 5. Verse 5. For if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all, as Eric mentioned earlier, to whoever, whosoever believes. It's not just select people. It's anybody. It literally means anybody. We'll talk about that another time. Who gives generously to all without reproach and will be given to him. him. Does anyone lack wisdom today? Oh, wow. Okay. Does anybody? I was about to say, y'all have this figured out. I I don't even need to be up here talking. Let's hang out and give me your your wisdom. I lack wisdom all the time, whether it's in work, my marriage, parenting, relationship, whatever. Whatever it is, every day. And I feel... That wisdom specifically from the Lord is tested more than ever in this day and age. It's very easy to lose focus on what really matters. So does anyone lack wisdom today? All you got to do is just ask. Get off your butts and ask. Get off your high horse. I'm stubborn. My wife will tell you. That's probably the reason why we didn't get along back in college. I'm so stubborn. And it is so prideful for me to be like, "Ah, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. But no, just ask. It's not that hard. You don't even have to come up with like an elaborate five-paragraph essay. It's just ask, hey, God, I'm struggling. Throw me some of that wisdom. It's easy. It says just ask. If you ask, it'll be given generously to you unless you have it all figured out. But I'm trying to tell you, just stop being stubborn and ask. Stop thinking you have all the answers and ask. Man, again, world leaders in the world today, man, if y'all would just ask for a second, the world would be a different place. And that's for me too, whether it's pastors, religious, whoever, whatever. It's, it's all the same if we just stop for a second. Verse six says, but let him ask, which is doing in faith, which is faith, so I'm not making this up, with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea and is driven and tossed by the wind. Even though Jesus isn't upset if we doubt, he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants to take you to the next level. He, he wants your heart. He wants you. His desire is that you have faith and that you believe and that you go through those tri- trials knowing that God's gonna pull through. So we need to actively put in work. Someone say, put in work. 
We have to actively put in work so that we do not doubt. Band, you can start coming up. I'm not like done, so don't get all excited, but I want y'all to come up because I want the pads behind me. But for those who know, um, I, my life has been so, so weird. And everyone's life is weird, but just like being in church for so many years and then taking a step of faith out of that, or really wasn't faith, I'm being honest, I was just angry, but stepping, a, stepping out and deciding to stay home and launch this new business or whatever, we came to a place in our life where I, I get to homeschool my son. And uh, it is actually amazing. Do we have any homeschool parents out there who have ever, even, even a semester, all of you should if you're distant learning. It's basically the same thing, right? So we all know that it's not the easiest thing in the world. And, uh, but man, I, I love it. I, I truly do. Mainly because now it's been two years, my son asked me to be his teacher next year. So I was like, oh, I can't say no to that, right? But I had to figure it out, church. I, um, I, as a dad, I, uh, it's hard to have that balance between like, not just coaching my son, but teaching my son, but then like encouraging my son. And again, if you have that all figured out, please let's hang out. But uh, it, it, it's, it's a tough dynamic. I by far am the hardest on my, on my, on my son. And um, it was a struggle for a little bit, man. Like I remember like day two, I made him cry. I was like, you're the worst teacher ever, right? Like I was like, I need to chill out, pump the brakes. So what we started doing is instead of me trying to be like so aggressive, I was like, all right, bro, what's, what's one thing we're gonna work on this week? Like just one. What's one thing that we're going to do? Is it going to be, hey, we're going we're gonna to be really good at listening or we're really going to do well in math or we're really going to do well in reading? Let's, let's pick one thing because just like me, my son is in a place where he's like, okay, I got to be perfect. I can't make mistakes, all right? It was a funny, true story. We had a friend come over a couple months ago and uh, he goes to public school and he came over. He's like, my son's like, hey, Chris, you know it's okay to make mistakes, right? I hear him walking downstairs, and he's like, yeah, everyone makes mistakes. He's like, yeah, it's okay to make mistakes. But I had to, like, teach my son that, right? And so we started talking, okay, what's, what's one thing that we're going to focus on? Is it, is it math? Is it reading? Is it, is it focusing? Is it listening? Is it, you know, behaving? Whatever. Because I feel like a lot of times, just like my son and my relationship, we can get so wrapped up, even after conversations like this or, or sermons or hangs like this, where we're like, okay, I got to get it right. And I got to know all this stuff. And I got to do all these things. It's like, chill just pick one just calm down let's pick one thing and so church i want to give us some tangible ways to actually walk through that process we're talking about putting in work and i can sit up here all day and say oh yeah let's put in the work let's be better and let's let's do that but how and so here's my goal on that notepad or your phone or whatever humor me i'm not going to check up on your homework but like for the sake of the fact that i just love you guys and I really do care about each and everybody, whether you're here or online, I want you to take one, someone say one, one of these things home with you to work on this week, okay? Very easy, tangible thing. Well, maybe not easy, but very tangible. Get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. Just read the Bible, man. Open that thing up and God will show up. Open the Bible and read it. Get in the Word. Get into great hangs or chats with fellow believers. Not saying like excommunicate all your other, but I'm saying like sometimes you need to be around fellow believers and feel that life and that joy, connecting, debating, struggling, praying, crying, laughing. It's a thing that we need. I believe God did not make us to go through life alone. I believe that God made us with hearts that need relationships. So maybe that's you. Grab coffee with somebody, hang out, whatever. Corey, let's hang out, bro. I want to hang out with you, bro. Spend time in prayer. Ask for wisdom. Talk to Jesus. If we haven't stressed this enough, it doesn't matter how you talk to Jesus. 
Uh, Okay. I just got some more tattoo work done. It's my thing. And um, I was in my, uh, my, my tattoo shop and uh, it's like one of my favorite places in the world to be. They're very amazing guys, but it's just different walks of life, but they, they're the most hilarious people ever. And I told them, I was like, you know, as I was, getting, I was working my message and they're like, oh, you're speaking. Thanks for the invite. I was like, okay, well, okay. I'm not trying to like poach, but like, yeah, come hang out. Like come, come to church, come, come hang out. And they're like, ah, I don't know, man. Like if I go to church and I'm like in the front row and you start like doing your thing and I'm like, yeah, preach that. And you know, he cussed and I was like, um, I'd rather you come and do that and be here in church than to not come because you're worried about that. I even told him, I was like, we wouldn't even care. Maybe the kids, but I'm just saying, like we're different here at church. So maybe it's time to go to church, be in church. Maybe it's listening or watching godly things that actually feed your soul. I love The Office. I love Survivor now. I literally just got in Survivor. It it feeds some part of my soul, but but what are you actually doing in your life to actually connect closer to Jesus? Maybe, Maybe listen to some worship music. That's what I do. Maybe it's watch something that actually matters or listen to a podcast that actually matters that's actually feeding your soul. One thing, just one thing, church. Find one thing. Whatever that looks like for you, we have to put in work because doubt is so dangerous. Hear me, church. Even though God is not mad at you, doubt is still very dangerous. And this is why the Bible talks about the waves. When I was four years old, my family and I went to Papua New Guinea and our first village that uh, my parents were missionaries at was this island in the Pacific. And so we actually had to take like, I don't remember what it was, maybe like a four or five hour boat ride to this island. And we got caught in a storm, true story. We got caught in this storm. And I don't know if you've ever been like in the ocean when there's storms, but it's like, it's no joke. Like, I'm like, first of all, I don't even love being out there in the first place. We don't know what's under that water. But like, it was crazy. We literally had, my, my parents will tell you the same thing. The, the, the waves were going so crazy. There were storms, lightning anywhere, uh, everywhere. We had this, this, this chaotic, uh, chaotic situation going on. So much so that our captain got like flung from his seat. He had like grab on, like out of a movie. He had like grab onto the door. And like my dad like pulled him inside. Like, you gotta still get us to the island, right? Like, it was like a whole thing. And it was crazy. And what's crazy about this, what I love about this is, is, is the Bible talks about how doubting is like a wave. And so I want you to hear this real quick as I wrap up is a wave is without rest and so is a doubter. A wave is unstable and so is a doubter. A wave is driven by wind. And so is the doubter, shifting, changing. A wave is capable of great destruction and so is a doubter. So church, we cannot doubt. We have to move forward, put in the work. But what I love about this is in the midst of the waves and the craziness of this world, there's someone that calms the storm. There's someone that calms the waves. There's someone that tells them to shut up and be quiet and watch me move. And so you don't have to walk through this alone. And maybe that's the only thing you need to take away. And I hope there is something here, but he, Jesus tells the storm to be quiet. He understands where you're at. He understands what you're going through, but he's excited to take you to the next level. All he wants to have a relationship with you. That's really it church. It's not complicated. He just wants to have a relationship with you and we can have faith and trust in that. And that's the first half is having that faith, but we have get off our butts and do some work. If you really want to have a real, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to do something. And I'll be honest, church, us Americans are not always great at doing things. We're not. 
we get very comfortable, too comfortable. I'm speaking to myself, but it's time to put in some work, especially when it's hard. Even James doubted Jesus, but then his life was changed. He actually died a martyr for his brother. I mean, we'll talk about this, but man, James' death was horrific, but it was worth it because he believed in Jesus Christ. So clearly faith is receiving, church. Work is giving. Faith is receiving. Work is giving. We need both. We need to do both. But in the midst of the trials and the waves and the doubt, Jesus still calms the storm. He's here for you. He's excited for you. And he wants to help you grow and move. So we're going to go on to uh, our last worship song. And um, I just want to encourage this man. Maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe that's the one thing you took away. Like, hey, I need to just worship. I need to actually worship. And so maybe now it's not worried about what's happening around you or what you came in with. It's really diving in and doing some work. And we're doing a throwback. There's beauty in the throwbacks and I love it. And so I would love to just have you guys stand. I'd love to pray over you guys, if that's okay. Can I just pray? So yeah, we can stand and get ready to dive in. But I truly believe that we can't just come to church thinking that this is just something we do every week. It's an opportunity to do work with Jesus. And so maybe that's where you're at right now. That's what I'm gonna do. I need to get out my hands and knees and get real. So God, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for this new series that we get to talk about, a faith that works. God, give us the wisdom that we might lack to do your work. We're not going to do it perfectly, but God, that's the beauty of grace. Full circle, this is, this is what it's all about. And so, God, we just want right now to encounter you in a whole new way as we worship and leave our Sunday time talking about faith, worshiping worshiping about grace. God, let us do the work so that we can continue to bless this world and people can find you and have a relationship with you. God, we love you and we're thankful that you calm the storm. God, that even if we shift and move like waves doubt, God, that you're not mad, that you understand, but God, that you're going to show up in a whole new way. So right now, I just pray over this family, this church, God, whether they're viewing online or here, God, if we're just going through some stuff, we need some more wisdom, direction, some love, Lord, I pray that you just show them that this week, give that direction, give that wisdom, overflow these people with love. Oh, God, you love us so much. We receive that right now. And we thank you for that grace. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Josh. What a great word. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic Tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.